conversations that inspire. I'm Jess Baker from Journey to a Better Place. And in this podcast, we're going to explore all the things that I just can't get enough of, like spirituality, meditation, positive psychology, living a conscious life, and living a life aligned to your soul's purpose. We'll speak to seekers from around the globe who are just like you and I, who share their stories to inspire us and offer us wisdom and insight from their journey. Thanks for joining me on your journey to a better place. So I'd like to welcome our next guest, who is actually the reverend of the spiritualist union that I first attended in Gippsland. Uh, she is a wonderful, warm lady with a really fantastic sense of humour who has managed to shape a brilliant congregation. Is, is that what you call it down there? A congregation of a, a group of people who has been able to move with the times and adapt to the changing circumstances that we've been thrown at this year and just a wonderful, wonderful person. So I'd like to welcome today joining us is Reverend Sue. How are you today? Hello, that was a lovely introduction. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, your spiritual <coughs> journey. How did, you, how did you get into all of this? Well, I guess you're always into it. You always know that there's something else. Yeah. But like everything you want to pursue, you've got to have the time. So whilst I've always felt there was someone else, I got a bit busy having four children and bringing them up and all the rest of it. So you put it on the back burner, even though you know it's always there. And when my children grew up and left home, I thought, well, what do you want to do now? And this, uh, and I was, come on, Sue, it's obvious. This has been in your background the whole of your life. Find out more about it. And spirituality is a science and a philosophy and belief. So as you would know, science requires evidence. And as you would also know, I'm, apart from being a spiritualist, I'm quite a practical person. So evidence... um, even though I believed it right into my core, evidence is wonderful. Evidence that you can see and hear is is just wonderful. And there is so much evidence out there. There is so many books. You can't doubt. In fact, you would be very arrogant to think we are the only ones in the universe. (laughs) That's just just not possible. I guess the big difference is, is we believe we can communicate. Yeah. And why can't we? Why can't, why, there's no reason why we can't communicate with the greater universe out there and find out more and have a better understanding of where we are in the greater universe. It's not actually all about us. Yeah. yeah. So, so fascinating. And so many questions I've, I've got from you from just that one quest, that one um, statement. So I guess, first of all, I really love the fact that, as a spiritualist, you're saying that you require evidence. So you're not, there's a, that little bit of that, even though you believe, I guess it's not that blind faith. Like, you know, it's not about, um, for some nice. people that might 
not understand and come from a different background they might be like oh there's brainwashing or that sort of thing but it's it's not it's very open isn't it it's it's actually more the opposite we every week at our service i say that we don't adhere to any fixed doctrine or articles of faith each spiritualist is asked to believe only that in accordance with evidence given and their own personal experiences and everybody's had a personal experience whether they talk about it out loud or not. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met anybody that once they start talking about it, don't tell me something of their own personal experience with a connection somewhere. Yeah. So would you, would you be able to share one of your personal stories with us about your connection and how that's come through for you? Well, like I said, I've, I've always... Um, felt there was something else going on. I, I can tell you that when I had, uh, I started work when I was 18 um, in this legal firm and I met a woman who was clearly a spiritualist. She was the first person I met where I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. There's something going on here. She just talked about it as freely as you would talk about what brand of coffee you have. That was really wonderful for me absolutely wonderful and um, when I was at home I had three little kids <laughs> and I was peeling the potatoes at the sink and I was standing there and I felt an energy come into my body and I was like hmm I don't know whether this is right no mobile phones in those days dried my hands went to the phone rang Denise said Denise I think someone just stepped into me and she was like, no, 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 no. Tell them to go. Tell them they're welcome. You visit you. And I was like, oh, is it really that simple? And the more I've learned, the more I found out it really is that simple. It's like having a friend and having a conversation with them. And as you know, you're friends with people who respect your wishes, ha have a laugh with, or have a lot of laughs, um, and that you're comfortable with. And that's the thing, you know, when people come and they talk about bad experiences and everything, I try to explain to them, don't allow it. Like if somebody came to your front door and was rude to you or was doing something you didn't like, you'd shut the door. Mm. And it's the same when you're communicating with anybody. Someone comes and you don't like them, ask them to leave and shut the door and then tell your own guides that you don't want that as part of your life. They are there to help you. They will not interfere unless you ask. That's the big thing. So all you have to do is ask. It is, it's almost too simple to believe, but that is as simple as it is, ask. That, simple, that simpleness can throw a lot of people off, I think, like they expect this huge, big, different, difficult thing to, to happen or occur, and when it's not, um, they think, oh, well, I'm not a spiritualist or, I, you know, I can't communicate or, or that sort of thing. But realising that, mm. you know, we're supported in, in every way, in every day, all throughout our life, aren't we, whether yes. we're aware of it or not. That's right. And having said that, if you want to pursue it, there is a lot of study and work involved, as there is with anything that you want to pursue in life. So one of our sayings is everybody's psychic. Not everyone's a medium because that does require study, understanding, 
there's protocol and the ethics attached to it and a you know a, a great deal of other stuff and you know there's so many things there's healing um which is basically love if you're sending healing to someone you're sending them love mm. and love from the universe you're asking the whole universe to send them love and comfort and um it's not like a movie where someone just jumps out of the wheelchair and starts running up the aisle spiritual healing is about giving that person love and balance and calmness and peace so that they can begin the healing from within. Mm. So, yes, sometimes it is someone comes with a headache, you give them healing and they go, oh, that's great, I feel fantastic. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but generally that's what that's what spiritual healing is. I was going to say I wouldn't classify myself as a healer, but I guess as I'm starting to understand more, I realise that I am very much a healer. Oh, yes. And And how I think about it is that... We have a physical body, but really we're energy beings and our thoughts and the energy is so much more subtle that sometimes it takes a while for it to come through into that physical body. I mean, like mm. it can be instantaneous, but it's, it can also be um, there's something deeper or there's a deeper lesson that you need to, to learn to be able to allow that energy to be able to come through to the physical body would would that yes is that yeah. right that's right so if you you talk about your chakras and your aura and all that sort of stuff if you're feeling ill they're in disease that that's exactly what they are so spiritually healing is trying to bring that ease back and that peace and that calmness and then your own body your own mind and your own spirit are in a place where they can do their job. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you mentioned earlier about everybody's psychic, but not everybody's a medium. Could you just clarify, because there may be some people listening that don't understand the difference, like what is a psychic sure. and what is a medium? Well, if you're psychic, everybody's had that experience of, I was just thinking about Jess Baker and she rang me. I think that's happened to a lot of people. It's intuition. Um, uh, particularly women will often say, I was just thinking of this person I hadn't seen for 20 years and guess what? And many, many other things. That's We call it intuition. Um, it, it's a knowing. It's a knowing. It's, and it's reading the energies. If I'm giving you a psychic reading, I'm reading the energies around you. I'm reading your energy hmm. with the help of spirit, but I'm reading your energy. Mediumship is me connecting directly to spirit, from spirit, through spirit, to spirit. So mediumship would be, you know, perhaps me bringing your grandfather through with a message for you. Mm, mm. Psychic is reading the energies around you. So mediumship is is the direct connection. Mm. But we all have that that intuition or or whatever you like to call it, that psychic ability. Even just little things like you have a cup of coffee with someone and you sit down and say, how are you? And she says, I'm fine. And in your head you're like, no, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. There's something wrong. And that's your instinct or your psychic ability, reading her energy and just knowing, no, you're not okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And I love how you explain that because I feel like a lot of people pigeonhole what psychic ability is. And I guess this is what I was trying to articulate before is that 
um, people have a set belief on what it should be and how it is mm. and focus on that and then think, well, maybe I'm not psychic, but they miss out on, on what it is that they do. And so, for example, for myself, uh, a lot of people that I've come in contact with are quite negative towards coaches and and will sort of have a spiritual space and say that no coaching here whereas I'm a bit like hang on hang on that's that's my spiritual gift that yes you know that's I get the intuition on the questions to ask like that's not just me and I know when I step into a session it's like I leave myself at the door and it's something else coming through it's it's not me so it can come through in multiple ways oh oh most definitely yes and that's one of the things leave yourself at the door leave your ego at the door absolute trust and faith that everything's going to go the way it is that can be one of the hardest things though isn't it is trust hardest trust trust the hardest thing ever not to interpret just to say it exactly as as it's given even if you think i'm not going to say that that sounds stupid when you do say it the person you say it to go oh yes you know regardless of how silly you know you might say get a message from spirit bananas and you think oh i'm not going to say bananas and then when you learn to trust you say bananas and you find out that is so significant and so important to the person you're giving the reading to yeah. Trust is the hardest thing. Absolute mm. trust. Yeah. And I think too that leaving the ego door at leaving the ego at the door is that it's not about you as the reader. So even if you give them information that they're like, mm, no, it, it that can come back to your ego and bruise your ego and think, oh, like I'm not doing this right, and it can begin to shut down. But in fact, they might, they might be coming to you for a specific answer and it may not be the answer that they're looking for. And so That's therefore right. they might be like, no, and then go for the next person until they find the answer that they want or they might not be ready yeah. to receive the information that they're giving. Now, now that I'm where I'm at, if I give someone a message and they go, no, I just say, well, Spirit's never wrong, so I'll just leave that with you. And it is incredible. The next day, the next week, the next time you see them, oh, I just figured it out, you know. Um, And and that gets back to the trust and never doubting. So I just say, well, spirit are never wrong, so I'll just leave that with you to think Mm -hmm. about. Um, You know something? It is the most uplifting, exciting, incredible thing to connect with spirit and to hand over messages of peace and guidance to someone it is it's perfection it's beautiful i can feel that makes me want to cry it really it's it's god's work that you're doing isn't it well yes whatever god means to you whatever god means yes we use the word god but you can use whatever word you like Yeah. yeah yeah it's the spirit of the universe it's all the intelligence out there ready to help us um, coming through to help us. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I can do it and someone else can't is because I believe in it. I worked at it. I trust it. And it is, it just is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned before about there being lots of books with, I guess you you talked about it in terms of evidence or, or, and talking about it in terms of, um, 
like people learning is there any good books or people that you could like what direction would if someone's listening to this and like oh i'm really resonating with this and would like to start exploring it a little bit more where do you suggest that they may start wow wow jess (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole other podcast is it (laughs) yeah yeah look i tell you one of the books that i read that really like i said i'm a practical person one of the first books I read that just blew me away was The Mystic Life of Alfred Deakin. Now, you would know Alfred Deakin was the Prime Minister of Australia, two, you don't know. <laughs> Alfred Deakin was the Prime Minister of Australia two and a half times. There's a story for the half. He was a spiritualist from a young age and he and his sister, um, and he was also a really curious man, clearly, And highly intelligent and highly educated. So he heard about this stuff and he thought, well, I want to find out more. And they would have seances where um, the tables were flying around the room and all that sort of physical phenomena. When I read the book, I had to laugh because they only did it for about six months because they got bored with it, you know, furniture flying around, what on earth. (laughs) One of his best friends was David Syme, which also a lot of people will know started what was called the Argus newspaper that became the age, you know, the big sign advertising. He too was a spiritualist. So these are two very, very important men at the turn of the century in Australian history. And when you read his book, he was also president of VSU uh, two or three times after the prime ministership, because as you can imagine, as prime minister, he had to set it aside. (laughs) One person from the media asked him a question and he answered it like a true politician without denying it and without doing it. That is a really good book because it's someone, he's Australian, he's a a great historical figure, you know he's intelligent, you know he's educated. You read that book and you think, and he is not going to write a book like and a prime minister is not going to come out and do a prime minister is not going to end up president of the Victorian Spiritualist Cent, um Union unless he absolutely believes it. So if you want evidence from a person you know, that's a really good book to start with because he talks about places we know. So, mm-hmm. you know, any book you read that talks about places you know, you feel more connected with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but there's just so many Jess. It's just, but that that was one of my favourite books because I was like, my God, it's Alfred Deacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, there have been many uh, spiritualists in powerful positions over the years. Some admit it, and some don't. Mm. And there's a lot of uh, scientists who have done experiments. And if you really want to get gory. Um, there's a book called um, The Mediumship of Jack Jack Webber. He was the medium back, oh, oh, long time now. God, we're 2020, uh, you know, over 100 years ago. In those days, they used to tie the mediums to a chair with rope, uh, put them in what we, we would call a straitjacket, um, it did hideous things to them to pr- to get evidence, to prove that they weren't tricking or mm. anything like that. And you read, oh, 
actually, when I read his story, it almost put me off being a medium. But luckily, they don't do that to us anymore and they don't burn us at the stake anymore. So it's all very good. Um, but historically, if you want to see what spiritualists went through back then to get us where we are today, where we are recognised as a belief, we're registered as a church, people don't laugh at us anymore, any more than you would laugh at a born-again Christian or, or a Roman Catholic where everyone's entitled to their own beliefs. A lot of people don't believe what we believe. I don't care. That's fine. Um, so if you want to read books like that, it shows you how the terrible things that people went through to get us where we are today. Do you think that because of that history, there's like that collective consciousness of fear around it and maybe what's preventing some people from stepping into their power or talking about it? Oh, definitely, definitely. But you have to, they don't do that to us anymore. So the worst thing that can happen is to call a crazy lady. I consider that a compliment. No, whatever. But really interesting when during the first lockdown we had, over the years my neighbours have changed um, and they're all in different age groups to me. So during the first lockdown when I was like, what will I do? I sat down and I wrote letters to four of my neighbours. I just told them who I was, gave them my phone number in case I could help them, just, you know, chatted. And I thought, well... Good time as ever. And then I walked around and I posted, put it in their letterbox and I thought, we'll see what happens. In that letter, I, I said, I'm the Reverend of Latrobe Valley Spiritualist Centre and I don't mind if you call me the crazy lady next door. I don't care. This was really interesting. All four neighbours, and I won't tell you their background, but they're all different, contacted me. One young family sent me the most beautiful letter and she said, actually, I'm so excited to hear what you do. Um, so she's joined the online thing. Not one neighbour said you're the crazy lady. They were all like, oh, really? Where's that? And there's, I reckon there's so many people that, well, we know they're interested because online. We know they're interested because of um, the following you have online. But they don't know where to go with it. And they're a little bit scared to walk into a place like a spiritual centre because, like you said before, they think, whoops, what are they going to do in there, you know? Um, so they're going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do there? Like for the people that don't know, because you've, you've mentioned the fact that you sort of recognised as a church, yet at the start you sort of said that it's not, it's not a religion, right? Like all religions... A welcome. No, it's, that space, it's a belief. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, what happens there? What What do people do there? Well, we have a meeting every Sunday afternoon, and we have a guest speaker every Sunday afternoon, as you know, because you've done that role. I was going to say, um, I think you won this week. Supposed to be really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hope. So I believe. Yeah. Um, they clearly are people who believe in spiritualism, but like anything else, they come from all different walks of life. And they come, some talk about their personal experiences, some will talk about books they've read, some will, oh, look, there's no limit to the topics. Mm. And as I said before, we, are, we listen to everybody and if they question something we believe, good because that makes you think more about it 
double check yourself and then you're more sure mm. or you adjust your thinking. Uh, so we have a guest speaker and we also usually have a guest medium and she does what we call um, evidence of survival readings. So she might give six, she, he, might give six or seven people in the room uh, a, a three-minute reading and it's called evidence of survival for a reason because when people come to the centre, particularly if they're new, always evidence. Everything has to be based on evidence. So if you come to the centre and you know nobody there and our visiting medium, oh, and that, of course, never say anything private or um, anything like that because you're in a public forum. It's called evidence of survival and, and that's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So when people leave, they're like, okay, then, maybe there's something to this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then we have afternoon tea. Um, we do... I, I, we do say the Lord's Prayer every week. You can join in or not join in. Once again, your choice. We do a prayer for healing and we do a prayer for peace. Mm. So we do have some ritual, like people would call churchy things that we do. Mm. Um, but but it's, not like a, it's not like a mass. It's not like that sort of thing. Mm. Hopefully then, there's a lot of laughter going on because that raises the vibration enormously. There always is when you're leading the day. <laughs> Sometimes I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Whether we're laughing at you or with you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> and there's also a bit of singing, isn't it, too, which is a really... Oh, yes, we sing a couple of songs. Yeah, yeah. a really yeah. great way to, like, say, raise those vibrations and, and build the connection. Yeah, and they're not hymns, they're songs. You know, one of one of everybody's favourite is Spirit in the Sky. And it's, you know, from where I stand out the front when I watch them, nobody, I dare anybody to not move their hips when you're singing Spirit in the Sky. <laughs> it's just, it's not possible, you know. So they're not hymns, but they are songs with a meaning, mm. like Spirit in the Sky, It's a Wonderful World, you know, those sort of things. What is the purpose of life, do you think? That's really Life on Earth? Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot of theories. Uh, probably the most common one is that we're here to learn lessons for, for our soul to grow and enhance. So if you think about what you call heaven as a library, and when you're in that library, you know everything. Mm. And when there's something you don't know, you come down here on earth to experience it and find it. And then when you go back to the library, it's enhanced. So some people say that your soul ascends. Oh, like school. I'm mm. in prep. I mm. came to earth and I learnt this. And, and so your soul emerges and ascends. I always say, that to me sounds like a beautiful theory, I always say, that's what I believe. That's what I read. I won't know till I get there. Mm. So always keep that in mind. That's probably the most common understanding of why we come to earth um, mm. is to learn lessons or to share someone's journey who needs us, yeah, to affect someone else's journey. So that's the most common um, theory of why we're here on earth, yeah. That's tears of truth welling up in me again than when he's talking about, you know, affecting someone else's journey 
so powerful mm. the impact we can have on other people and and not even realize ourselves even the the bad or not so good things that happen to you like you Jess, having chronic fatigue if you hadn't have had that you would not now be helping all those people around you mm. well I beg to argue that, but I guess in a different way, I've learnt I would always be helping people. I was always on that path before, mm. but I do think because of my chronic fatigue, I have a much deeper understanding and have mm. been able to connect deeper with myself and my soul and, and spirit. And I've, yes. Lucky you said that. I thought you were, gonna, you were talking about bad things and said, like me, I thought you were going to say I was a bad thing. Oh. <laughs> I was like, where is this going? <laughs> Yeah, because sometimes we look back and, you know, and you go, oh, why did that happen to me? That's not fair. I didn't deserve that. And then if you look at the lessons you learnt from it, from, you know, I don't think that I'm this pure, but a lot of people say you thank the people that hurt you the most mm. because they taught you the biggest lesson and, you know, you talk about what you learned from that and how you grew from that. I'm not quite that pure. I don't thank them, but I have, I do forgive them. <laughs> yeah. And I guess like if we were all perfect, we probably wouldn't be here anymore. Right. Like we've... how would you and I know that Jess? <laughs> <laughs> so the, I think one of the other things that people can maybe get a little bit nervous around being with psychics or mediums is thinking that like, Oh, they're reading my thoughts all the time. Like I don't want to be around someone. They're reading. They're reading my thoughts and know everything about me. Is that yeah. like? Are you? Is that that? Is that true? Like, can you walk past someone and know everything about them, or is are you sort of given certain information that you need to know to pass on or do with what you need to do? Like I said earlier, there's ethics and protocol mm -hmm. to go with any sort of mediumship or spiritual work. The main one is that you do not ever read anybody without their permission mm -hmm. that's probably the biggest one i've had people ring me to ask me to do a reading for uh, let's say their boyfriend to find out you know what's going on with him the answer is no how would you like it if someone came to me and said can you do a reading on jess baker and give me the information what a terrible invasion of your privacy mm -hmm. i can't do that without your permission that is probably the most important protocol. Yeah. Um, so could I? Yeah, I suppose if I wanted to, but why? Oh God, I'd be busy. The supermarket yeah. would be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't work. I don't work when I go and do my shopping. Mm. So there's a way that you can shut it down too, is there? So that. Oh, absolutely. Like Just your... like when you finish work, you shut your computer and, and do whatever it is you do, go and stretch and put your feet. Exactly. Mm. When I'm working with spirit, I'm working with spirit. When my working day is over, my working day is over. And mm. I'm just Sue. Mm. And so what advice would you give to people that are maybe experiencing things and they don't know how to shut it down or maybe they don't know what's going on or, or, and are afraid and maybe don't realise that they have the power to shut it down? Like what would you say to them? Contact, uh, contact someone like the VSU, a reputable place that, ha that has trained and proper psychics and mediums that know, that are just so full of knowledge. 
you don't have to go in, you can ring, you can email them, you can do anything. It's really important that you learn to close down. Just imagine if 24 hours a day you were hearing voices in your head. You're going to go crazy. Mm. You are going to go crazy. So just like I said before, you don't open your front door and say anyone can come in any time. You just don't do that. Uh, you decide when and who. One of the things that uh, you learn, I suppose, when you get into this is to recognise that you have your own guide, to recognise that you have your own, from spirit, I mean, uh, to recognise that you have your own protector from spirit. Some people call them doorkeepers, gatekeepers. It doesn't matter that you have someone that goes, no, no, she's sleeping. You, you can't go there now. Um, when you learn to connect with them, it's, it's, it's like having a board of directors. It's like running your own business. You sit down, you go, well, it's five o'clock. Thanks for the, today. Great work. I'll see you tomorrow. It is exactly, exactly like that. And you get back to trust and faith. Mm. Absolute trust and faith. Mm. Mm. But you're in charge. It's your business. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I guess too, because we've got that that free will, right? Like you can you could choose not to to build that connection in in any way. Of course. Mm. And some people, as as if they do have an experience, they get scared of it, so they they shut it down, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're shutting it down. Um, and they probably don't realise they're shutting it down, but they are because it scares them. Mm. Um, and so they'll deny it for a long time. Uh, some of the biggest deniers have actually had the greatest experiences. But, you know, we talk to people that had experiences when they, they were children and it scared them. Like when I was a little girl, I can remember calling my mother and telling her there was someone in the room. Well, I'm 67 in my day. The answer was, there is nobody in your room. Go to sleep now or there will be, there will be trouble. Yeah. So you did. Even though you were, when the light went out, you knew there was someone in the room. When my daughter said to me, There's someone, there was someone in my room last night, I would say, oh, were you scared? Who was it? How did you feel? And uh, it just a totally different, she's, well, she's got four children now. She's too busy, but. When she gets to it, she's going to be amazing. Totally just accept it. And, you know, we do that all the time with our kids. If, if it's real for them, it's real. So you deal with it. Uh, you don't say, well, a lot of rubbish, you know, go away. Uh, because even if it is their imagination, uh, so what? You still, you still got to give their imagination some respect, deal with it, make sure their imagination isn't scaring them. You know, mm. that makes a big difference. Um, the people that were brought up where their mother said, yep, that's okay, oh, yeah, okay, have, have a much more relaxed attitude to their spirituality, much more, of course. Mm. That just makes sense. This is my experience and I'm wondering if it's the same for you. Having that relaxed is super important, right? Like if you want it too much or there's like that... Um, control something about like wanting it or forcing it then you actually yeah, sort of prevent it. it too don't you yeah yeah you 
it's not so much forcing it, it's accepting it, embracing it, and and just saying, I, I just want to know more. Um, also, if, um, if people are desperate when they connect, it doesn't always work because desperation is a negative energy, as you would know. If they're angry, hurt, um, uh, things like that, and often they'll go to a medium during that time and they won't get the answer they're seeking because that's not spir spirits coming through to guide, give them peace, give them guidance and give them calmness. Spirits are not coming through for that. So you always get the answer. You always get the right answer. You don't always get the answer you think you came for. Mm. You know, if someone comes through, I, I, I would love to connect with my father and that doesn't happen. Instead, mum comes through. It's probably because dad said it all because, you know, but mum's got something to say. Mm. So it's... Um, so it's interesting. I can't, if you came for a reading, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I ask you if, if there is someone you want to connect to and I say I will ask. Um, but I can't tell you what's going to happen because I'm not in charge. I'm handing it over. Mm. But it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yeah. which it, it is right because we're so limited as humans. Oh. So when you hand it over, there's so much more potential of magic to come through. Oh, yes, we're very limited. Um, they are not. They are limitless. Um, and, and you get back to the evidence. If I can sit there and describe physically your grandfather, who you know I never met on life, and I can tell you something funny about him that you know I would never know in life, mm. that's evidence because where did I get that from? I didn't get it from me. Mm. I got it from I got it straight from him. And how do you get the information? Like is and maybe this is two questions here, I'm not sure. So what what I'm interested in is how does the information come to you? Is it different so it's probably about five questions really. Mm. But how does the information come to you and is it different for different people? Yeah. And then also um is like people talk about trying to understand their intuition and, um, you know, guidance from the universe and whether it's their imagination or whether it really is that deeper guidance and what the difference is. That's really interesting. Um, I did a workshop with this great guy a couple of years ago and he said during that workshop, don't be scared if it's your imagination because guess what? Spirit's got to use your imagination because your mind is too far in control. And I thought, oh, oh, that's really interesting. Um, but then when I thought about it and looked more into it, he, he's absolutely right. If they tried to use their mind, we, we, we're in control of that. We wouldn't allow them. Our subconscious is full of stuff we don't even want to go there with. So if they use your imagination, that's okay. Um, there's all the, you know, there's clairvoyance which is seeing, there's clear audience, which is hearing, there's clear sentience, which is sensing, and all mediums uh, do it differently. I see it in my mind's eye. If So when I describe a person to you, I'm seeing him in, I'm not seeing him standing in the corner like I would see you standing in the corner, even though I might be staring at that corner. Um, and yeah, so for for me, it can't, it would be uh, clear sentience, I suppose. Not everyone 
would understand what that word means. What well, does- clairvoyance is seeing, yeah. like seeing someone like, just like I'm looking at you, clairaudience is hearing just like hearing loud, just like I'm speaking to you. Clairsentience is sensing mm-hmm. and knowing um, uh, maybe what some people would call imagination, only we know it isn't, mm. but maybe that's what they use. So they use my third eye, not these eyes. Mm. Uh, so, yes, all mediums uh, do it differently. That was one of the hugely powerful things for me and probably one of the reasons why I say I'm not a medium because I always thought that to communicate with spirit, well, I, I guess I didn't even have that open a mind. I thought to communicate with dead people because to me, I like we're all spirits now, but I didn't realize that. So, you know, to communicate with somebody that had passed over, I thought you had to see them like I'm looking at you now. And it took me a long time to realize like it doesn't necessarily work like that. And a long time to realize too, that sometimes even like how I get information also is through my own voice or my own thoughts. So I thought that I would have to hear somebody else for me to recognize that it's outside of me. But you know, realizing that we are all spirits, like, no, it's coming through me. And I guess one of the ways that how I've learned to tell the difference sometimes, and I'm still, it's still a journey for me learning this, what is intuition and what is the ego stepping Mm. in or, you know, the logic stuff. Um, But the few clear times in my life where it's been really obvious that it's that deeper guidance is that it's like, there's no emotion attached to it or it's, it's separate. Like I can recognize that there's, there's different layers. So for example, when I had my chronic fatigue syndrome, I was living in a house that was right under a electricity tower and I couldn't work. So I had no money. My savings was going backwards and I didn't really want to live with anybody else because I've, I've been there and I've done that. I've done so many share houses and I just thought I I just need my own space, especially not being well. Like I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't pick up or do the dishes and I didn't want other people to have to live in my mess. So I put it out there to the universe. Okay. Well, I need somewhere else to live. I want somewhere that, um, I, I don't want to lease because I don't want to be locked in anywhere because I'm a little bit of a commitment phobe at times. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be halfway between my friends and my family. Um, I wanted it to be much cheaper than where I was, so like $100 a week cheaper than where I was. And I had this whole list of things. didn't think it was even possible. And then yet I, I got given this beautiful place to live. And one of my friends said to me, like, I can't believe you're going to live there. So how I got onto this house was I went on a date. Um, I went on an online date with this guy who was living on the other side of Melbourne and said, look, I've bought this property. I can't come live there for six months. Would you mind like living House in? Sitting. Yeah. And, yeah, looking and you can stay as long as you want or leave whenever you want. Like the perfect spot in this beautiful country town. And my friend came over and she's like, you are so brave. Like you've only met this person once and you're going to live out in the middle of nowhere in their house. Like, and so I had moments of that logic and that fear kicking in. Like, you know, you're so far away from your friends. What if you do have a crash and can't get any food? But 
lucky for me, I've got so much support around me. I thought, no, I know my friends will drive and pick me up and take me home or bring me food or whatever I need. But so even though there was that fear there on the level, like deeper down, it was like, that's fear. Like I kept just getting. So your, your human body had the fear, but your spirit did not have the fear. Yeah. It's like, no, this is right for you. Like it's that different level. So I think once you sort of real recognize the ego and get and, and have a bit of fun and play with the human body. So I call it too, the human and the spiritual side. And when you have fun and sort of play with both, I think it gives you, um, oh, what does it say? Not power, a bit more of an understanding on, on which side it is that's sort of coming through a little bit more. So that, you know, what you did then is what we say we just we hand it over if, if it's something that i can't figure out and i and i can't i just can't cope with this at the moment what i do is i hand it over to spirit i i just say which is what you did even though at the time you didn't realize you were doing it you just wrote the list and you said this is what i need i can't organize it i'm i'm too tired but this is what i need and you literally handed it over to spirit with belief that it would happen and it did mm. and once you hand it over stop nagging them it'll come through and once you hand and the other it works on an earthly level as well if people like the earthly level because once you hand a problem over to someone i call it spirit once you hand a problem over to someone else you calmer you sleep better and then guess what happens you can cope. Mm. So it's not just getting what you want. You know, I want, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Do you remember <laughs> that, Jess, or are you too young? Um, it's not just that. It's the process of doing that when we were talking before about the healing that puts you back in balance and calmness and then your body reacts. If you... Mm. You know, that's what is worrying me through all we're going through now is the focus on the physical. We've got to have the physical, the emotion, the emotional and the spiritual all working together. And at, at the moment, I'm very concerned that nobody's worrying about the emotional and the spiritual well-being of people. Mm. And I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but I don't... Those people that need that are probably hiding in their back rooms. My view of what's sort of gone wrong with the world, not that, you know, there's sort of different levels and I sort of think whatever's happening now is is supposed to happen. Um, mm. But I also think that we've got into the position that we're in now because we're not connecting with that emotional and the spiritual bodies. We're connecting solely on that physical and, um, you know, worrying about the the luxury around us and sort of stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's an interesting time. Yes, and there is a lot of theories that this was meant to happen. And, and look, and if you believe that, you're not going to get the virus or die from the virus unless you're supposed to. But then one of our other principles is, of course, personal responsibility for all your actions whilst on earth. And we do have free choice. So you have to balance up that that belief that everything is supposed to be, everything that happens is supposed to happen with free choice. Mm. Because if you just go everything that happens is supposed to happen, you're just relinquishing all responsibility for anything. It's not my fault. It was meant to happen. 
Um, so you have to balance those two things and realise that God did give us free will. One of his worst mistakes, I think. But anyway, that's just me. <laughs> um, we will all end up where we're supposed to, but we might take many paths off to the left and right before we do it, and that's our free will. Mm. Um, so those two things have to be balanced. Mm. So, yes, this probably was meant to happen. Um, the free will is how we're handling it mm. and what we learn from it. We get back to that lesson. What we learn from it as individuals, as community, as families, Mm. Um, and all that sort of stuff. So mm. we'll see. Yeah, and that's so important. So thank you for bringing that up, is that responsibility. And because really all we have responsibility for is ourselves and who we are in the world and how we interact in the world. And if, if everybody mm. was able to do that compassionately, then it's, it creates that ripple effect so that, you you know, if you care about yourself and care about the people around you and the community around you, it's just spreading more love and love and love rather than, than mm. fear or, like, you know, creating that separateness and um, yeah, sort of yes. the rest takes care of itself, doesn't it, if you can? Yeah, it does. It does. And um, one of my favourite sayings is there's only two choices, love or fear. When I first heard that, I was like, oh, no, hang on a minute. But no, no, that can't be right. And then we had this discussion um, on a Sunday with, with Gavin, the one who brought it up. And he said, and everything we talked about, blah, blah, no, that's jealousy. That comes from fear of someone being better. No, no, that's coming from greed. That's coming from fear of not having enough, blah, blah. And we went through all these different emotions. And after it, I was like, actually, absolutely correct there's two choices fear or love so yeah that's one of my favorites now I go am I making that decision through fear or love and it doesn't matter if you do make it from fear as long as you acknowledge that you've made that through fear mm. um, you know I'm taking this job because I'm scared I won't get another one we've got to live on earth you know um, and when, whenever spirit tell me not to worry about money, my answer is, all right, that's okay for you. They didn't just put up your gas bill. But yeah. we do have to live on earth and sometimes you do have to take a job because you're scared you won't get another one. Just acknowledge I'm taking this job through fear, not through love. My next job I'm taking through love. And yeah. you get back to that thing where I acknowledge that I'm doing that but I'm still in control because when you let fear take over, you lose control. So sometimes you do have to do things through fear to live, mm. acknowledge it and own it as yourself. Mm. Yes, but I'm making the decision to do it so I am still in control. Mm. Otherwise, mm. people think you're just airy-fairy floating around saying everybody should love each other. Well, yeah. they should, but you know what I mean. We live yeah. on earth. I think people sometimes think spirituality is all these weird people, you know, running around in gypsy, gypsy gowns and what have you. No, we're really ordinary people. We live on earth. We acknowledge you've got to have money, all those sort of stuff. It's just we acknowledge so much more. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm not perfect. We're supposed to be non-judgmental, tolerant and understanding. And I can tell you sometimes if, if something's going wrong here when I'm working, I get on my committee side and say, I'm taking a day off love and tolerance. <laughs> then I sit there for about half an hour and then I type back, it's okay, I'm all, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, so we're not, you know, we're ordinary people. It's just 
I guess since I've come into it, I just try so much harder. Yeah. Um, and I acknowledge when I say or do something that that was judgmental, what are you doing, Sue? Stop it, you know. Um, so it does. It changes your whole attitude and makes you think about what you say, how you treat people. Hopefully it does. That's, that's the whole gist of it, that you send love all the time. Um, you know, we have healing things online where a group of us, oh, there's many of them. Um, so if you, if you rang me and, and said I'm feeling really low today, I, I can put it to that healing group. Can you all send healing to Jess? She's mm. feeling a bit low. And it is, inc it is incredible the response you get from people that go, oh, I slept so well last night. Thank you for that. It works. It, there's so much evidence. It would do your head in if you went into it. Yeah, and because some people don't realise that too, is that you don't have to be in the physical presence of someone, do you? You can, like you say, be anywhere in the world and receive that healing or, or connect with someone. Well, yes. You know, the, I, once again, I won't know till I get there. But they say in the other realms, everything's telepathic, you know, you you know everything and um it's our it's our probably lower energy ver version of that of course i can send you feelings of love wherever you are mm. you know at the moment we're sending healing to the planet earth mm. which we do regularly but we're just kind of getting stuck into it a bit more now <laughs> um and if if there's 40 million people in the world doing that, which isn't very much of the population. But if there's 40 million people in the world sending out that love, it's it's an energy that's got to go somewhere. Mm. It's it, it, So it's there. It's real. Mm. Just like if you send out hate, the same thing. Mm. Look what happens when messages of hate are sent out. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm just thinking I had, I had more questions there as that came out, but I get so listening into what you're saying that I'm like, nope, I've got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I feel like that happens too, you know. When I do readings with a friend that's spiritual or whatever, it's like I get bombarded. It's like, blah, 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 blah. like it's, I don't know, this is just my experience, but it's like, blah, 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 blah. and then I'll, and sometimes it happens too where it's like, okay, you're done. Mm. I will say I was only ordained this year in February. That too, when I look back at that, uh, it was quite interesting. It was not something I ever planned to do. Then the wheels got in motion. I was, shall we say, encouraged by spirit. Pushed would be a better word, but I'll say encouraged to do it. And then I finally decided I would do it. I thought I would be ordained by the end of 2019. I got sick, very sick. Um, so I was in I was in lockdown for all of December and January. Don't worry about the rest. Um, and then in February, I was just slowly getting back to being able to do what I do. There was one date free for both the president of ESU and our church. Just one date, twenty third of February, where we could do it. So. That's when I was on, ordained on the 23rd of February and the church was shut down a month later. Um, 
And so I think, why did that happen? Why was why did this happen now? Why didn't it happen last year? Come on, spirit, that's not fair. <laughs> I did everything you asked me to do and then look what you did to me. But, but putting the name Reverend before my name has helped the centre during this, this ordeal. Do you know what I mean? Our church down here in La Trobe Valley, having a reverend has given it more credibility um, than it had before. And if that's what we had to have in 220 to get through this time, then that's why Spirit said, settle down, settle down, we'll do it next year. Um, also, the challenges have been, well, I've learnt Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and trying to keep communication with um, with our members and all that sort of stuff. It's, it has been quite a challenge. Um, but then it hasn't been boring. So I have to look at that and say they just slipped it in there before lockdown. Like really one day that was if Lorraine couldn't have done it that day, there was no other day Sunday that I could have done it for a long time. If it hadn't been that day and then lockdown came, I probably wouldn't be ordained till 2021. So then I sit there and I go, all right, so we get back to this is meant to be. Why did you get me ordained and then go, off you go, <laughs> we're going to shut the church down. And as things are happening, now I know why. Now I know why. And it's an earthly thing that putting Reverend in front of my name is making people pay more attention and, and it's not something I'm proud of as an earthly person, but it's the fact this is where we live mm. and that's the fact of the matter. Mm. So... Even weird things like that that happen, instead of going, oh, I just sit down and I go, all right, well, why? Why did this happen this way? Mm. Um, and then I think, well, this is why, because our church has been able to reopen because we have our own building, we have a small chapel, we can be under the 20 people. Uh, we clean it ourselves, no one else uses it. We, you know, we can abide by all those things. Um, but of course, the rule is you can church, you can open for a worshipping service. I'm a reverend, mm. so I can open it. Mm. If I was the president, I've got to explain what makes me think I'm running a church service when my name's. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So. When I sit down and I think about it, I think, oh, that's why. Yeah. That's why. Quick, hurry up, get ordained, because we're about to shut things down. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's something yeah. magical about Gippsland. Like, I used to, I felt it Go when on. I was down yeah. there. Like, people were just coming out of everywhere, spiritual, <laughs> spiritualist people. Maybe it was me lifting my, vibra my vibration or being more attuned to it or something. But um, it just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful Place. It's got yeah. everything from rainforests to snow to lakes to oceans. It's most probably the most underrated place in Victoria, I reckon. Mm. Um, and the beauty of it, if you go and sit up in that rainforest at Tara Valley, where else are you going to go except out there? Mm. It's just there's so many places like that you just sit and what people call meditate. Um, I call it drifting off, but <laughs> and, and that is part of spirituality. It connects you with the earth, yeah, and 
grounds you. Yeah. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So if people wanted to um, come check out Gippsland and I guess now might be a little bit different, but as, as things sort of settle down and return to, oh, I was going to say return to normal, but I hate, I hate those words. I feel like we will never return to what it was. But in no, fact, it'll never go back to what it was. Yeah, but mm. in fact, maybe... When we get our new normal. When we create something even better... Um, yes. Are people able to come and visit you at the centre? Or oh, of course, of course. Uh, we've got a, a website and Facebook. Keep it simple: the Trade Valley Spiritualist Centre. So that'll get you on if you just want to follow us and see what we do, um, and see what's coming up. Otherwise, our building is opposite a rose garden in Morewall. So when you look out our windows, you look at the most beautiful rose garden. And, yes, every Sunday, 2 o'clock. But like I said, check Facebook web page and that'll tell you what, what's happening next Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, you'll be more than welcome, as you know. Okay, great. Mm. And I'll put the details of those in the link below so people can have a look. And you also run regular workshops too, don't you? Well, we did. <laughs> Not at the moment, clearly. Yes, yeah, we have workshops on all different things. Um, you know, some are like mediumship workshops for people that want to do that. But we've had numerology and palmistry and we've had colour therapy and we've had crystals. And so it all doesn't have to be neat, you know, deep and meaningful and studying. People love tarot cards and they love crystals. They love, you know... Um, oils and all that sort of stuff so we have lots of different workshops on lots of different things mm. um we had some fabulous ones planned for this year uh that when we get our new normal we'll try to get back one of them was animal communication spirit animal communication because there's a lot of animals come through now yeah with that energy change we're going through a lot of animals come through um, and we were having one on angels and, oh, we're so sad. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great year planned. We were having one with Jess Baker. That's all right. I'm sure you'll, um, you're just prepared now for when having, you know, on a little bit of a holiday, learning some new skills and different things going on. And then yeah. when, you know, we've moved through this, you'll have it all there ready to go. Do you do personal readings for people like? Yes, I do. And how do people find you to if they want to get a reading with you? Latrobe Valley Clairvoyant Medium will find me. Okay, beautiful. But they can find me on the Latrobe on on the centre site anyway. Yep. Yeah, I pop up everywhere, Jess. Well, sometimes oh, when um, something's destined to be, isn't it? Sometimes it will pop up in a number of different places. So if you miss it the first time, it'll come up somewhere else, just to sort of say, "I'm here again." Like. I'm here yep. again. Pay attention. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really appreciate you sharing a little bit about your journey and um, helping us sort of understand a bit more about spirituality and um, being psychic and a medium and what that means. And you've given us some great tips on resources that people can look up or read if they're interested or reach out and, and begin to... Yeah. Find their tribe. The power in it is realising that you're not alone, that there are people out there. And, in fact, when you work together, there's so much more energy and it really gets that ball rolling. Well, Jess, thank you. I, I was 
so honoured when you ask me. Thanks for the tip, you know, about brushing my hair. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was more a bit of a reminder for myself. Oh, I've got to get out of my pyjamas. Oh, I'll just let you know too in case. <laughs> Lovely. Thanks for joining me for another inspiring conversation. For more inspiration on topics like this, head over to my Facebook page, Journey to a Better Place with Jess Baker. If you want to know how you can work with me on your journey to a better place, check out the website www.journeytoabetterplace.com. Bye.